0: Hey everyone, it's Lisa here, just jumping on quickly to let you know the audio isn't fantastic this week. Dr. Shona and I were recording from a hotel lobby in San Juan, Puerto Rico, but I think you can still enjoy
1: Awesome. We're recording. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the unfazed, unedited podcast um, where we provide commentary on complicated topics in an uncomplicated format. As you can tell, we're in the same room, y'all. It's like miraculous that we're in the same room. Um, We are in beautiful San Juan, Puerto Rico at the ROI Millionaire Summit uh, in January 2024, which you can imagine what was the temperature this week, Lisa, 80 80 something,
0: 80 something. Well, it
1: wasn't in the convention center though, no, but no. yeah, outside of the convention center, it was 80 something. Um, and so we just decided we wanted to take an opportunity to record here with you all while we're in the same place and space. My name is Dr. Shawna Payne-Gold, and I go by she, her, hers pronouns. And then my partner in all things podcast, Dr. Ingerfield.
0: Yeah, Dr. Lisa Ingerfield, <laughs> pronouns she, her, happy to be here. Um, this is our final day in Puerto Rico. So we are going to provide you with a little recap or wrap up and some thoughts about this summit that we have been at. So yeah, yeah. Um, I guess we can just go ahead and get going. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So let me just dive in by saying uh, we are at the, un- we're here with the Unfazed, Unedited Podcast, but we're with Rachel Rogers, who started an organization called Hello7. Uh, and it was to create more millionaires that were women, people of color, LGBT folks, BIPOC folks, folks that maybe uh, have a disability may uh, fit into all of those traditional SWAM categories as company owners, business owners, entrepreneurs. Um, I had a friend who is actually here with us um, at the ROI Summit, uh, Dr. Shayla Toombs Withers, who gave me her book, Rachel Rogers book, We Should All Be Millionaires. I read the book and that was like kind of my on ramp to this world of the summit, if you will. And so with that, um, one of the things that I was thinking about, even before we got into the content of the, gosh, the countless sessions that we went to, uh, the main stage sessions that we went to was just, even if none of that happened, the amount of people gathered in community in a place and space um, when it comes to networking. And I used to Think about this, Lisa, when in undergrad in business school and white cis males used to say all the time, you need to network. People need to know who you are, if you want an internship, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And that was one form of doing that. But what happens when the people that have been excluded from traditional networks decide I'm not going to elbow my mm-hmm. way into your network, and I'm going to create my own network. Right. And that ends up being something similar to the ROI summit, right. Right? right? And so I don't know how many folks you met while you were here that you didn't know, or or at least, you know, sat near someone or mm-hmm. heard someone speak that you could connect with. But now it's just getting my wheels turning about, did I really need to buy into those traditional net- right. networks? And this, this is proving many years later that I didn't, but look at how much effort it took to intentionally build spaces where you don't have to fight for that elbow in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fascinating. Yeah.
0: I mean, all the messages that we get are that there are these established networks that exist um, mm-hmm. that we should want to be a part of, whether that's professional organizations, whether that's alumni networks, whether that is um a writing network. Um, and there's not a lot of variation in what those networks look like mm-hmm. across all disciplines of business especially mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and so to be in a space where a network is actively being built that doesn't look like your regular network is pretty amazing mm-hmm. but mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: it's been a it's been hard for right because there's a there's a lot that's working against creating spaces yes uh, yes and networks but to your question do we need to buy into those other old, white, cis male networks? I mean, I guess that probably depends on your position, like your position in life, I suppose. Like, where are you? Where? What is your age? Who do you have connections with? What is your financial status? Mm-hmm. Like, can you, you know, you might not be able to come to the ROI summit. Yeah, as one right. example. That might be right. something you can afford. But then how do you get ahead in your profession if not? through those well-established networks
1: well you know see uh, getting through to those networks you reminded me of our previous conversation that we had that kind of branches off of networks which is gatekeepers.
0: Oh, right. right you right, remember right. that? Yeah.
1: Where we, you know, maybe there is just that one person that creates entree so that you can be invited into those places, spaces, or they may end up being a sponsor where you can't personally afford, but someone is willing to make sure you have the resources to go. Um, and so maybe the networks start with gate, gatekeepers and then branch out into more and more networkers networks. Um, yeah. But you're right. It's like, how do you, exclude yourself from it right. if you're not like it's easier for me now to come to something like this than yeah I, it wouldn't have even been a thought when i was an undergrad right but if i had a gatekeeper or a sponsor or a professor that was already going that i could kind of ride their coattails to get here that would be the gatekeeper to then get to yeah. the network yeah and i'm not even sure everyone has that part of the branch to no. get to that network
0: no, they don't. And you're raising a good point because you're kind of pulling in mentoring here, right? Whoa, so whoa, whoa, whoa. if yes. you take it all the way back to yeah. high school, community college, undergraduate level, yeah. who are the people that have access to mentors that have access to those networks? Because not all mentors will have access to those networks, right. right? So who are you targeting and who do you have access to? Depend. That's going to depend on the school you go to. If you go to higher education, right, that's also going to be a piece of this. Yes. yes, Um, yes, But traditionally, it's only been in particular fields, business, science, it's only been men and white men in particular that have had access to the mentors, that have had access to the networks, and then those students become the mentors who become the gatekeepers to the network. So it just is like a self-fulfilling cycle, Yes. yes, which is part of why affirmative action is so important. It's part of why efforts to... Mm -hmm diversify science, technology, um, mm-hmm. engineering, math, in terms of gender is important, because if you we don't diversify who is in those networks, then that same process is going to happen, which is going to necessitate these other networks, such as ROI coming into existence. That's right. That's right. Which, I mean, I think ultimately it would be better if, the professional networks that exist were just very diverse in terms of gender, race, ability, sexual orientation, right? That that, that was just what it looked like. Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm, Yeah, and a a sense of belonging where the outgrowths of that, which we have seen in lots of different ways, whether it's an ERG type situation or, you know, it's an interest group, but not necessitated because it's already there. Because the sense of belonging is already in the larger space, so you didn't need to necessarily always create the smaller space. But if you wanted to, you could. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's always interesting because I notice that, too, when I go away to conferences, you know, how many ERGs do they have? How many knowledge communities do they yeah. have? How many communities of practice do they have based on identity? And that gets my wheels turning because usually that's an indicator of who doesn't feel comfortable yes. in the network. Exactly.
0: Exactly. Right. So exactly. it just
1: and so there, go, there goes a flywheel that we don't want, Lisa. Right.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. So you have all these offshoots that are uh, happening, and they're happening because the kind of quote-unquote quote, mainstream network that's right. is not that's right. inclusive. That's right. right? That's and right. that's that's why ROI exists. That's why knowledge communities exist. That's why employer resource groups. That's exist right. That's right. The, the kind of what is perceived as the middle is only supportive to a particular to a particular
1: group. group. That's right. That's right. And and then thinking about you know for those networks you know. I I never really get it because I'm, I would say I'm an ambivert, y'all. I'm extroverted when I need to be. I'm introverted when I need energy so I can move that switch. It's more like a dimmer light switch than it is, <laughs> you know, a real switch. Um, But for me, you know, I can move about when I need to. But that's what gets interesting, though, because networking oftentimes makes people feel like it's a necessity yeah. to be extroverted, to be a little more charismatic and flashy. And I'm like, oh, it doesn't have to be that way. Mm -hmm. Um, There are people that are very minimalist in their work and how they approach things. And I love that um, because usually that ends up being very nimble and smart organizations and businesses. And so to to that point, the reason why I'm bringing that up is because I always want to know what the end game is for the networking and how can it be mutually beneficial when it comes to those networks?
0: Yes. I mean, I think, networking scares people I think it particularly scares mm-hmm. folks who haven't generally had much exposure to large networks and mentoring right and yeah. this this idea that you need to like work a room you know get good yes. at small people yeah, 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 yeah. to person to person I don't think networking has to be that way I right, think right, right. networking exactly. can be a series of one-on-one relationships and connections right so you and I that's know right. each other and then Shauna you introduce me to someone that's right. right and then maybe that person introduces me to someone or I introduce that person someone like, that's networking
1: Mm -hmm. Right. But those
0: pathways are just traditionally not available to you and me.
1: That's right. right? That's right. Exactly. Exactly. And that's why when I've talked with other organizations and um, I'll use one element of this and then we'll move on to another topic. But um, I was working with an organization that, of course, had to do a lot of development. And we were talking about identities and how that connected Mm -hmm. with job descriptions and roles. Mm -hmm. And there were three people in the room that all did development for a research company. And all three of them said going into a reception of three, four, 500 people, it's it's not necessarily scary. It's not something that they can't do. It's just the most draining, dreadful thing (laughs) for them. And so now, but if you put them in front of, you know, a few funders, one, two, three, five, you know, five or less, 10 or less, they're on. And that's something they look forward to because it's a deeper rooted network rather than let me spread myself and my business cards far and wide and see what happens. It, it's, you're right. There doesn't have to be that traditional form of work room to get to a sale or work or room right. to get to a contract. It can be these deeper relationships that, can you tell them a connector and strength finder?
0: Oh, yeah. A connector and sense. strength finder. Yeah, yeah, you yeah.
1: are. Yeah. It's, and yeah. I don't, you know, I'm just a fan of, you don't need to know everything, but you can make those one-on-ones too yeah make those switches connect to one another it doesn't have to be like i don't i don't want to do that either i'm yeah i can do it but if you gave me a choice i don't want to i don't want to be in a room with 500 people right. that looks exhausting it yeah. feels exhausting so yeah anyhow we, i think it's a great time to rethink those networks because we just went through networking for like yeah. three days now so right. there okay. you have it yeah. yeah yeah so but anyway
0: okay
1: on to phase two All right
0: on to phase two <laughs> so um one of the keynote speakers for this event was a woman named Ivy McGregor, and she is currently the executive director of um, Beyonce's foundation, which is called Be Good, but spelled B Y Good. Um, and so she talked um, about how do we engage in, uh, how do to engage in good behavior and create good in the world we ourselves have to be good right like we have to think about how are we internally and in the decisions that we make being good people and then once you are good or be good you can do good essentially right Mm -hmm. and so it's all kind of oriented around ethical business practice business practice that invests back into communities, right? Mm. So as you grow your wealth and your footprint, you are then paying that forward, so to speak, right? And so um, she talked about these four, I forget what, what she called them, but it was like four. Was it like pillars or values? Yeah, something four like pillars that. Pillars or four mm-hmm. values, and so you have wisdom, justice, mm-hmm. courage, and temperance. And so she was talking about to be good, you have to kind of embody these four items. Um, wisdom being making good decisions, being understanding, thinking about the world is complex and. You need to be wise in how you navigate those complexities, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Justice, that's fairness and harmony. So you treat other people with respect and dignity. Um, Mm -hmm. And with justice, it's also that your public presentation Mm -hmm. matches what aligns aligns with your values yeah say right so you're not a hypocrite basically (laughs) yeah exactly Um, exactly so and then to have courage which is standing up for what's right so what do you believe Mm -hmm. in and do you take a stand are you vocal about it do you draw lines in the sand around your values Mm -hmm. and then temperance was when you're responding to situations you're doing so appropriately Mm -hmm. which um that's yeah. a little bit of a moving target, okay. right? But you're not like, you're not responding with excess or you're also not under responding, right? And so mm-hmm. one of those pieces is wait to respond, right? Like you get an email from someone and it pisses you off and you're immediately one of them like, right? Like temperance would say, hold on, take a moment, think about it. And so you can respond with kind of the most helpful or appropriate framework versus with a rah, right so <laughs> right, right, um so she yeah. says you have to kind of embody those four virtues pillars and then that mm-hmm. once you have that you are gonna be more able to do good in the world. Yeah. And I just chose a really interesting framework. I mean it's not it's there are there are four things that I think you and I strive to yeah. embody, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well you know I think that that's it was so good the way she mentioned it, because if y'all can imagine in a conference, a very cold conference, in, very cold, very cold conference. In, um, you know, you got hundreds of people that are in this room and they're kind of chomping at the bit, waiting on business advice, right? Yes. Like tactical. What do I do with my yes. business? Yes. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. And she's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I know y'all came here for that. However, yeah, let me just let me start with being a good person and then you can translate that to your business that reframe was just stellar for me mm-hmm. um, because folks you know as much as we say you know you are your own person and you are not your business mm-hmm. you are the creator and the founder of that right. business or the leader of that business and your values and how you uh, show yourself to the world display to the world should be at least parallel if not congruent yes. I mean bring it together here um, yeah. and so you know that wisdom piece I appreciated because yeah we're not out here trying to make bet decisions purposely and we're not look as my friend crystal says we're not willy-nilly about anything like we're thoughtful about things, even in our mistakes we were thoughtful about the decision we made it just might not have worked out the way we anticipated so you know being thoughtful about what you do um you know how do we make sure that we do that um that platinum rule versus the golden rule piece so do unto others how they want you to do rather than how you would yeah. want to be treated, yeah. um, which is hard because it's hard to decenter yourself mm-hmm. in just about anything. Um, doing what's right, even when it makes you a little nervous. Yeah. And I use the example with a couple of our other friends that are here with us around, it was an organization that called upon building advisors to do a DEI audit. And they said, you know, we want to meet as soon as possible. The soonest date happened to fall on Juneteenth which was then a federal holiday. I think we were like the second year into yeah, federal yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Um, And so they said, you know, the first time we're available is to have this meeting on Juneteenth. And when I get this message, I'm thinking to myself, oh, this is interesting. Y'all need us because you're still working on Juneteenth. Yeah. Hello, that's like the first thing. But then the second thing was, My business is closed on Juneteenth because last I checked, I'm black and I've been black for a long time. And the majority of the people that work with me are black, brown or um, have needed the liberation Mm -hmm. of Juneteenth. Right. And so how does it look for me to say, yes, we'll take that call. Thank you very much, because we're all about business. And so I responded back, no. And I had to have the courage to say yeah. no, because that no might have been that we would not land that business, yes. that we need to keep the yes. flywheel turning, right? I said no. I'm sorry we can't meet at that time, but I did, you know, offer other dates or whatever. Um, and the person responded back, thank you for saying no. Everyone, we, everyone else we reached out to, it was two other people they reached out to that said they were able to meet on Juneteenth and that was part of the litmus test yes. of if our values oh, oh. connected with oh. our business practices now i didn't know that at the time i just uh, said i'm
0: not working i didn't realize that was a test
1: it was she admitted that after the fact that it was you know it was a little bit of a test to see where we stood with our values and so for me yeah it was scary and we could have lost out on you know yeah. five or six figures in this uh particular contract we ended up getting the contract because we stood for yeah. our values yeah um so that piece was important for me and then you know, that temperance piece, which is still hard to this day for me to do when I want to be responsive to people. I might get an email or get a call or what have you. And I'm learning that it's not disrespectful right. or lazy or the, the slowness doesn't have to be vilified because I'm being thoughtful. We're not landing a plane here, we're not, we're not doing something that needs immediate action. This is something where I need to, what is the word called, Lisa, when you, um, you're you trying to emotionally control, I forget, regulation, that's it, emotional. Sometimes it's emotional regulation where, yeah, I want to fly off the handle right now and I probably have a thousand reasons why I should, but I'm choosing not to because I'm trying to be a kind person and I still want to get my point across in the yeah. most effectively possible.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And so that temperance piece, I just loved how she pulled all that together. And also, Lisa, after I thought about it. Think about how many times we worked with organizations where we did an audit or something like that, where we wanted to make sure that they were not the Jekyll and Hyde organizations where they said they were mission-driven and their mission did not connect. It was like, you know, they're treating people outside um, a certain way that was quite kind, but the colleagues they had with them that were of the same identities, they did not treat them that way. That, to me, is exactly what Miss Ivy was talking about, how to make that congruent and parallel. So, yeah, I loved her. Yeah,
0: I just thought she was such a great speaker. So if you ever get an opportunity to see her, I would strongly encourage it. You know what struck with me as you were talking, but also kind of reflecting on it with that temperance piece is um, women, especially are taught people, right? And so the kind of what she's saying around like not responding in deficiency, I also think about how women are apt to placate or people please and so that would not be an example of temperance i think in in her telling because we would be deficient in our response because we wouldn't be taking a stand or articulating what it is that we need we would be more concerned with ensuring that the other person is getting what they need and so there's the other side of that too which i think is really interesting um and that mutual benefit kind of yeah
1: you know yeah it's like so someone's giving someone's compromising more than the other because somebody compromised on their values yes yes that may be
0: yes. it yeah. yeah yeah and so it, you know some of this might sound very um pedestrian or basic to you but i think the way that she kind of tied it together and was really helping entrepreneurs to think about them, are you what are you doing in the world like what do you want your business to do what problems do you want to solve yeah. And then, how do you start from a place where you have established this foundation using these four pillars? Because if you do that, then the point from which you move forward and you build and grow your business, those pillars will be integrated into what you do, which will ultimately create or benefit. For you, your team, and the people
1: that you're booked, to stuff and Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So I, it was just a, to me, it was just a home run speech. Yeah. Um, if we if we remember, we'll put it in the show notes. Miss um, Ivy's uh, information. She's yeah. got social media that's pretty active. Um, I love seeing what she's doing. And to me, it was very clear. If Beyonce is about excellence in this way, it's clear by who she hired to run her her foundation arm of her work by Miss Ivy yeah. and actually shared with us this week. So it was really phenomenal. Yeah. Um, so with that, uh, we've been here at ROI. This is my second year. This is Lisa's first year. I will say this year is almost completely different from the first year. So I could come away with different things. Um but let's get into phase three as far as our individual takeaways because one of the things that um that Miss Ivy actually said was uh as you're here Get what you came for, you know, so yeah. it come in with intention. And as you come in with intention, what are you leaving with that you're then going to apply? Um, and for me, I think one of the things that I appreciated was um, there was this concept that came out during the pandemic called necessity entrepreneurs. Right. And it was for women, people of color, LGBT okay. folks. It started with Black women articulating this, but it applies to a lot of minoritized business owners around when the pandemic happened, many were already unhappy, many were already being microaggressed, many were already actively being excluded. Um, Many folks were feeling the pressures. And so the pandemic almost let the lid off to say, you get to work from home through the quarantine and get a relief from the pressure of all that stuff at work, right? And so once it was time to come back, Folks like me, like other folks said, well we've proven for two and a half years now that we don't have to come back and now that you're forcing me to come back I don't want to and so I'm leaving your job out of necessity yes. to reclaim myself yes. and feel my own sense of belonging create sense of belonging for other people create jobs for other people I can do it on my own and that's what they chose to do and so I felt a lot of that in the room and the place and space yeah um so those necessity entrepreneurs in the room, and then what does it look like to not only be successful, because I'm clear that everybody in the room could be quickly successful, but how to do it in this in such a way that it's literally not killing us. Right. Because that's exactly what's happening. Um, you know, my heart goes out to uh, Dr. Bonnie um, and her family and friends right now. Her um, memorial service happened today as a result of bullying in the workplace um, that uh, unfortunately she died by suicide. And what I'm thinking about is as I was sitting there, I saw another woman who looked very similar to her when she turned her head. And I thought to myself, what if instead Dr. Bonnie was empowered to be an entrepreneur? Yeah like it just like almost gives me cold chills to think about that um and so those were just some of my takeaways i got much more but that's just what i'm thinking off the top of my head but what are you thinking about lisa yeah
0: i mean one of the overarching experiences for me having not come to this conference before you know as shauna said right at the start is that it's aimed at people who have been traditionally excluded from business conferences around entrepreneurship um and traditionally excluded from entrepreneurship, right? So, yeah, just, so, yeah. so they so the um I'm not sure how many people here were there, but it was almost exclusively women. Yes. Um or at least yes. I I I read people as as women um significant number of folks of color, right? Um and folks with disabilities and obviously I'm not able to tell someone's sexual orientation, right. but right. it's that was not an experience I have ever had before, right? Because when I've gone to traditional higher education Uh conferences, when I've gone to social work conferences, when I've gone to law enforcement conferences or researcher conferences, it's almost always predominantly white. Not necessarily predominantly male, but predominantly white, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, Um, yeah.
0: And uh, I have a friend who's a disability activist, and she is always talking about how conferences historically are not um, accessible. right they're not designed they're not designed with people with disabilities in mind or rather they're not designed with universal design like how can we create a space that is accessible to every single person who is here regardless of their mobility needs or their learning right um so just being in a room full of people that didn't look like me was was good and then just so many women like i remember when Mm -hmm. i graduated from my phd program i was sitting down and i looked up at the kind of on-ramp for PhDs I hadn't yet been called and it was just it was like woman, 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 woman guy, woman, woman, <laughs> woman, woman, woman. And it was really cool. Yeah. I remember, yes. like posting on Facebook or something at the time that the percentage of women that were graduating in twenty fourteen with PhDs from the University of Denver was actually like like it brought me to tears a little bit right oh wow and so I I felt a little bit like that being there so that's just kind of an overarching thing and and I think it also speaks to just how few of those spaces there are right how many of those spaces there are yes yes, and then um also one of the things I think which speaks to your point around sustaining success not growing too fast creating environments where you can thrive is we don't give ourselves enough time to think Yes, that'd be right. hard. Yeah. So we're just like yeah. project, project, RFP, client meeting, RFP, project, project, right? It's just it's kind of like a bumper car, like from one thing to the other. Yeah, market, yeah, right? yeah, 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 And there's not any space to just ideate. Yes. Think okay, how do I want my business to grow? What is my revenue going to look like this year? Which area could I branch into? What skill do I need to develop? Who to going back to networks, can I connect with? right that can assist me in growing my business in a particular way and so coming here really i think it gave one gave me that space to do that and uh, just to sit it. yep. but yep. also in so doing reminded me that i need to do that and i think uh crystal who is here with us i think was saying yes that we should actually schedule
1: Yes, yeah, Something regularly. Yeah. Yeah. Regularly
0: of- like a thought day or something yes, like that, yes, right? But you yes. should actually put it in your calendar where like once a quarter, you give yourself a whole day where you don't have any meetings and maybe you go to a coffee shop, maybe you go for a yeah. hike. But the whole purpose is that you are generating ideas and thinking through problems as it relates to your business and how you can grow and in what direction and lead generation and lead nurturing. And things like that. So I found that to be really a useful yeah, a kind of byproduct to being here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So they were kind of really, for me, like my biggest takeaways more than any particular thing. But I do think that you, we just don't, we don't give ourselves the ourselves space to do that. Right. That's right.
1: That's right. That's and right. It's
0: like go, exactly. go, go. Yeah. Respond, respond, respond
1: yes Um, yes and
0: then you kind of get stuck in a pattern that doesn't enable you to think outside the box
1: yes 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 absolutely and you know just thinking about um, you brought up a good point around empowering spaces too. Around, you know, we're in a different space. Like you said, you know, go on a hike or do something different. Just being, see, I wish we could be outside, y'all. If we had this whole big, lovely production crew, we'd be beside the water right now. But just even looking at water in a different place in space. Right. I don't know about you, Lisa, but in the Maryland, DC, Virginia area, there is snow on the ground. It's hard yeah. for me to think when yeah. it, it's a snowstorm blowing through, right? Um, so looking at the water, looking at something different, going into a different workspace. Um, I heard someone else mention um, during the summit um, that this person chooses to go to a, uh, you know, like a rework or some type of workspace outside of their co-office. Mm-hmm. And they ended up meeting people that overheard a conversation to make a connection for a business contract with one oh. another. So even things like that that don't happen intentionally, so, yeah, that thought time um, and those unintentional, serendipitous, yeah. win-win situations yeah. that happen as a result of just shaking things up a little bit.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 So, well, I hope you had a good time because um, all of us, we, we might have to write an entire separate, like, newsletter on all the foolishness on how we got here. Um, yeah. Flight delays, all, all
0: yeah, Max9 issues with Max9
1: issues with Boeing. That's yeah. right but we got here, y'all. We yeah. got here. We gave you what we got <laughs> um in this podcast. But we hope you really enjoyed it. Um again, we try to hit y'all up every single week. Last week they got two, Lisa. They yep. got the bonus uh with Alex last week. Yep. But, um in the meantime, look, this is how you reach us. Please make sure you check this out on YouTube. Uh, we're on Apple Podcasts. Uh, we're working on some other ones I think sure, yeah sure so we're working hard, on yeah. others um Instagram we're on LinkedIn I try to make sure that I post um lots of good information that connects to the podcast as well because it's going to be a busy year this year y'all with election year and all the things mm-hmm. um so please look at that um or just send us a good old-fashioned question send yep. us a question <laughs> uh info at unfazedpodcast.com send that to us and we'll do our best to leave that into one of our phases to answer and of course you can go to our website so um, if you like this please comment leave a review share it with share share network it
0: network it (laughs) it.
1: there you go network it network it yeah and we'll see you next week y'all bye bye hope you enjoyed it
0: Bye.